Marvelites, welcome to episode number 79 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of news, new releases, and hyperactive executive editorial directors. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... I am uh, editor Ben Morse, and you may want to, if you can, if you have the capability on your audio, slow down Ryan's sections so you can understand what he's saying. Uh, he sounds like the Micro Machines guy right now. Yeah, I loved him in Transformers the movie, the animated one from yeah. the 80s. Oh my god, it was so Who good. Who did he play again? He played, uh... It was like a back... It wasn't a regular Transformer. It was None like, of them uh, were. Yeah. Most of them weren't regulars. That They were all... Most of those were introduced in the film. Was, it, he's, he, was he one of the guys on, like, the Junk Planet? No, no. He's no, he's no. the super fast one. I, okay, And yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. remember his name off the top of my head. Twin listeners, try that out. And... <laughs> Here for her last podcast ever. Ever. Is intern Elaine Gomez. Welcome for the final time, Elaine. Thank you. Blur. His name was Blur. <laughs> that's so random. And just know it's very perfect because I feel this that sums up your internship. <laughs> getting a moment and then getting it quickly snatched away from you. Yep. So yep. we can cover my new show. But we got a lot to talk about today on the podcast. Yeah, a lot of comics, a lot of fun stuff, Iron Man 3, all kinds of good things. We're going to dive right into the action with Age of Ultron, number seven, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Carlos Pacheco and Brandon Peterson. It was awesome. It's the aftermath issue of, spoilers, if you haven't been reading along, Wolverine killing Hank Penn. In the past, boom, slicing, dicing, doing all kinds of nastiness, uh, a little bit of regret from Sue Storm, uh, Wolverine is sort of like, whatever, it's got to be better than what we just dealt with, and, uh... It's pretty spot I on. I don't know if it really is yeah. or if it isn't, but we get Hard one of tell. my favorite things from um, like alternate reality, mm-hmm. time travel, what if type stories, it's... different versions of our favorite yep. characters. We get a great version of the Aveng- uh, of the, the Defenders. defenders. The there defenders. are no Avengers that we yeah. know of yet. Yeah, you always get a great, who would be the world's greatest superheroes if this thing changed? What I'm interested in is mm-hmm. what happened to the Avengers because they were around. That's true. They would have been developed. They... What, at what point did they stop? That's a good question. Did, they, the, did they split because they're like, oh, we can't continue without Hank Pym. He's one of our founders. Yeah, I'm sure he, we will. We just we'll found learn. him dead here. I, yeah. guess, I guess we should all stop. Yeah. With, with three claw-like puncture wounds years yeah. later, hey, we should let this Wolverine guy on the team. <laughs> uh, so anyway, there's all this crazy stuff going on. I don't want to spoil all the characters that yep. show up, and I definitely don't want to spoil that last page, but big things afoot. And of course, we'll be talking more about this next week in our Age of Ultron podcast, which you can ask questions using the hashtag this week in Marvel AU, the letters AU. Meanwhile, over in all new X Men number 11, written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Stuart Immonen, we have the counterpoint to the last issue of Uncanny X Men. In the last issue of Uncanny X Men, we learned that Angel, Warren Worthington from the original all new X Men, ended up flipping, going from the Jean Grey school over to the new Xavier school. In this issue, we find out why. We also get kind of the fallout and the reaction from the other members of the Jean Grey school get a lot of insight in particular into young Jean Grey herself from the all-new X-Men as she tests the limits of her powers, as she has some really great moments with Kitty Pride as she's kind of trying to get her together and find out what happens to Warren. Really, I call out the art on this issue. Stuart Eminent is always fantastic, but teamed with Wade Von Gravedger on inks and Marte Gracia on colors. This is just a beautiful, beautiful comic. It has been since it launched, but I really... What it took was having the Uncanny X-Men cast in here and and, and seeing kind of the contrast, because Chris Pichal and Chris Frazier Irving are obviously amazing, do great takes, but seeing how uh, 
Stuart really makes the characters his own. Rather, it's, he, he does a different take on Magneto's helmet. I really like what he does with Cyclops' new mask. Some really, really beautiful stuff. And then towards the end of the issue, uh, we start moving into what's going to be the next big plot line for this book involving some very special guest stars. So exciting stuff on the horizon for all new X-Men. Over to Hawkeye, number 10. Written by Matt Fraction with art by guest artist Francesco Francavilla. And uh, so this one is cool. It's sort of in the same time frame as the last issue. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of stuff in the past. But it, it syncs up with the, la- with the last page of the last issue very nicely. Uh, you get a good look at a really at a new villain. It's the origin of this, this monstrous character and mm. what it means. Um, and you really get a sense that uh, Kate Bishop and... Uh, Clint Barton are just kind of taking it too easy. They're dealing their lives. They're sort of like, well, you know, we're Avengers. We're awesome, and they're they're not on their guard enough, mm-hmm. and uh, they that could come back to haunt them. As yeah. we'll see. Really good issue, of Hawkeye. Really yeah. an issue that kind of distinguishes it as one of those books that's set in the Marvel universe, but definitely in its own corner has a different feel to it. And I like when they would they demonstrate that. Yeah. Speaking of corners of the Marvel Universe, Indestructible Hulk number 7, written by Mark Wade with art by the great Walter Simonson, takes us to Asgard, or actually to Jotunheim, land of the Frost Giants. In the past, uh, Hulk and his team of scientists, S.H.I.E.L.D. buddies, have gone to a... Uh, they, they, they tried to go to Jotunheim to basically harvest an element that they want to experiment on, and end up for some reason, which they kind of explain here, ending up way in the past of Jotunheim. So they team up with Thor, but he's Thor from before he knew Hulk. Uh, Old school frost giants. That's a cool science stuff. Big, big action. Walter Simonson drawing frost giants and sound effects and Hulk smashing stuff and Thor smashing stuff. and You can't really compare. But the cool thing here is I really noticed that, again... um, you know, Walter Simonson, we're used to his classic art on Thor, but seeing what he can do when he has a modern-day colorist like Andres Massa working on him is really something special. Seeing Walt Simonson's art just juiced up to the next level. All the energy crackling, all the big punches. Uh, Got to credit some of the sound effects, I'm sure, to Chris Eliopoulos, one of the best editors ever. And just a fun... Uh, crazy action-packed issue. Mark Wade's keeping things moving fast. He's not taking a lot of breaks. There's good character stuff, but it's really just a lot of slam-bam action and fun. It's a really, really good issue of uh, Indestructible Hulk. Moving right over into Iron Man number 9, written by Kieran Gillen, with art by Dale Eaglesham. This is the start of the hugely important secret origin of Tony Stark story arc in Iron Man, which is going to be running for quite some time, so you want to get in here on the ground floor. Tony's still out in space, he is searching for the recorder who basically massacred an entire planet in the last issue, uh, who claims he has all these altruistic means, but obviously did not shake out that way. Gets a ride from his Guardians of the Galaxy buddies and finds Death's Head, who was also involved with the entire last Godkiller arc. Iron Man and Death's Head go on a chase for this recorder, trying to find him. There's some twists, there's some turns, there are... Lots of things you wouldn't expect happening. They do track down the recorder, and when they do, Tony learns something that's going to change everything for him, and it's going to kick off this big origin of Tony Stark, which is going to be all over the place. It's in space, it's in the past, it involves characters you would not expect. Really great stuff. And as always, we say it every time he pops up, we love seeing Dale Eaglesham on art. 
again a stretch again you know we saw him do some ultimate stuff we saw him do some x-men stuff getting to do the heavy sci-fi outer space stuff is really cool as well just a really talented dude over to iron man number 258.1 and you're like what and i'm like (laughs) well if you read the first page it says uh that Iron Man number 258 was part one of Armor Wars 2 by yes. John Byrne and John Romita Jr. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that was great. But the original Armor Wars was by Bob Layton and David Michelini. This allows David Michelini and Bob Layton to do their own take on what they would do with an Armor Wars sequel. And uh, it's set back in, you know, that period and where they would have gone with the story and what they would have done. And it's a pretty cool look back for fans who are totally familiar with that stuff and it's cool if you've never really read it you can just dive right in and see a a, a different take on um iron man and, and where that character was what is that almost 30 years ago gabby yeah goodness and for all you stingray fans there's at least a flashback yeah so starving stingray fans get something over to iron man the coming of the melter number one written by christos gage with art by ron Lim. and this uh i don't know that this is set in um canon for the marvel cinematic universe but it is set within the uh the framework of the marvel cinematic universe that's a very flimsy explanation but uh so you know don't expect this to be reflected in any movies but know that this is where that sits that said it's cool it's uh tony stark and Rhodey taking on the mcu-ish version of the melter melter is just a dude with some cool tech that allows him to melt things that's what he does that's yep pretty much he's like you know what it's all in the name spot on i'm gonna go for it perfect Uh, branding and you also get a reprint of a classic melter story over to Red She-Hulk, number 65. This one is a super trippy, super weird one. There's this Mount Rushmore madness that turns inside reality warping, virtual reality craziness. And then you get Doctor Doom and Loki and Red Skull and Ultron. And they turn into this crazy amalgam version of all of them that gets out of the virtual reality what? and flies away. Ooh, okay. So... That's, that's going to be out there. So, uh, you know, look out for that guy. He's kind of a jerk. <laughs> All right, we've got Superior Spider-Man number nine, written by Dan Slott, art by Ryan Stegman. And this is a big issue. Uh, if you read number eight, which hopefully you have by now, you know that Doc Ock in Peter Parker's body is now aware that that sliver of Peter Parker consciousness remains. And this issue, he sets out to eradicate it, which leads to a battle between Dr. Octopus, or Superior Spider-Man, and Peter Parker, or Amazing Spider-Man, inside the mind of the body they're both sharing right now. And this is... Uh, it's it's everything Dan Slott's been building up to since we first learned in Superior Spider-Man number one that Peter's consciousness still remains. It's a huge fight. Um, it really nails down the characters of both Peter and Otto and brings a lot of stuff to bear What's really interesting for me here is that it really blurs the lines as far as shades of gray in terms of who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. It's not as clear-cut as you think. Obviously, big stuff happens in this issue, and we will not give away what big stuff happens, but it's a very smart, very in tune with everything you'd expect out of a Spider-Man comic, especially a Dan Slott Spider-Man comic. Um, but really taking it to the next level of really getting inside the heads of these characters. And Stegman just 
keeps great pace, getting better with every issue. That guy, huh? Am I right? Yeah. Um, Depicting all the stuff, all the... You get to see a ton of characters in here. Um, Ton of villains, ton of supporting characters. Obviously, uh, in a book that takes place in someone's mind, you're going to get all that goodness, but really good issue. I saw Ryan... uh, I saw Stegman on... at at C2E2, and I was like, man, I read uh, Superior Spider-Man number nine on the way here. It's great. He's like, yeah, it sucked. Yeah. That's what he does. He's yeah. just, which is good, you know, never be satisfied with yeah. your art, but, you know, yeah. the kid's pretty good. Yeah. Thanos Rising, number two, written by Jason Aaron, art by Simona Bianchi and Eve Svorsina. Uh, we've got really the further descent into madness and horror for Thanos as uh, he starts to grow up a little bit. He's, he's an adolescent here. Um, he's figuring out his feelings. There's this girl, and she's rather manipulative. Yeah. If you will. And uh, he's trying to figure out where he fits in with his people, where he fits in um, in the universe, what he is. Uh, a lot of things going on. It's very tragic. It's very sad. And it's super disturbing. So it's pretty much uh, a perfect Jason Aaron comic. Yeah. It's Money Bianchi. really loves to drop people in their undergarments. He also sure does. Discovered. So there. Buy that issue. Uh, Ultimate Comics X Men number twenty six. It was great. It was a great issue. I'm just I'm saying that's another selling point for some of our yeah, depraved like, listeners. If you like some some yeah. panties and bras yeah, and underoos and stuff, yeah, and, there, and there's and there's a fella in yeah, there too. Underoos. Men men wear underoos. I do not wear underoos. No. Um, Ultimate Comics X Men number twenty six. Let's get as far away from this discussion as possible. Go all the way over to the Ultimate Universe. They wear underoos in the Ultimate U. They wear Ultimate underoos. There you go. Uh, written by Brian Wood. Art by Mahmoud Asrar. This is part three of Natural Resources. This is a very unique comic. We've said it since the beginning. It continues to be because it's, you know, ostensibly an action superhero comics, but really is about the management of a race, uh, how a bunch of young people are trying to live together in a weird setting where they are basically on their own, cut off from society. So a lot of stuff that Brian Wood is very good at, both in terms of writing young people, in terms of looking at bigger kind of socioeconomic issues, but there's also a really tense standoff here, some cool stuff with Kitty Pride, some cool stuff with Storm, great stuff with Thunderbolt Ross, and we've said it, but it bears repeating, Mahmoud Asghar is really bringing a lot to this book, just really stepping up the game art-wise. Um, it's a whole new ballgame over in Ultimate Comics X-Men. Winter Soldier, number 18, written by Jason Latour, with art by Nick Klein. Yeah. I just love this book so This much. book, is, this is the, the full origin of the Electric Ghost issue. You find out her full story, her trajectory. Mm-hmm. It's kind of insane. And I would buy amazing. an Electric Ghost ongoing series by Jason Latour and Nick Klein. Yeah. This is so, this issue is so good. It's really well done, too, because it, it, it's her explaining how she got to where she is mm-hmm. to Bucky and it's tragic as all get out. Really cool, really great spy action period stuff um, in, in all the flashbacks. And I'm so interested in this concept that I think Jason Latour just came up with of this this like school where they basically take yeah. you know kids from God knows where and train them to be horrible soldiers and it's just like Marvel, just like Marvel, just like our internship program. Um, which you can apply for fall soon. We've already yeah. filled our summer position. How many do we have for summer? Three. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by everything they're doing. This whole mythology in Winter Soldier is just blowing my mind. I really hope we get to see a lot more of it in the future. I hope it's explored further. We're down the line. I want to see more from Jason Latour. I want to see more from Nick Klein. I love the way they did everything. 
and just an issue that doesn't even have winter winter soldiers and a few panels this new character like ghost fascinates me yeah really good stuff penultimate time it is the penultimate chapter of the hell on earth war part six over in x factor written by peter david art by leonard kirk uh, big focus on our boy Mephisto in this issue. He has essentially won the Hell on Earth War, and now X-Factor has to figure out how they, X-Factor, not the Avengers or the X-Men or anything else, X-Factor, our lovable band of misfits, must figure out how to deal with a Mephisto-ruled Hell as well as potentially a Mephisto-ruled Earth. Uh, great art by Leonard Kirk. There's a Demon Madrox who's really cool. And also really cool is that uh, for the first time in several months, Peter David, who you all know had a stroke, um, has recovered to the point where he's answering letters again. So he's back on the letters page, and that's really great to see. Of course, we continue to support Peter and his family as he's just doing a crazy job recovering. Yes. Last book of the week is X-Men Legacy, number 10, written by Cy Spurrier, art by Paul Davidson, and um, with, with colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Again, I mean, every time Oof, this book comes out, we talk book. about how much we love it and how great it is, and it's so true. Uh, this issue is following up on the previous story where mm-hmm. Legion broke up that crazy cult slash, I don't know, whatever. You, I guess just cult is fine. Yeah, cult's good. Yeah. Uh, so he is trying to figure out what to do next, and he learns about, he tracks the, the cult to um, this place in San Francisco, the San Francisco Institute of Biosocial Studies, mm-hmm. uh, and this guy Marcus Glove, who are basically trying to yeah. get yeah. rid of mutants. Another fascinating new character, though. Hey, between oh, him man. and Electric Ghost, who is yep. basically brand new, it was just like I was blown away by new, out of thin air characters that yeah. were created this week. So the the thing about Marcus Glove, he's the one who is running this organization. Um, he he's oh. been involved in Inferno, where he lost, you know, like half his body uh he got you know messed up by sentinels he got set on fire by uh some phoenix embers from it's, avx it's time. really dark comedy which size Spurrier is good at because he's just like as legion's narrating he's just like oh this poor guy you know he happened to be in new york when inferno was going on and he lost a foot and then wouldn't you know it he was in alaska where no sentinels ever come except for this one time and they landed on his head yeah and then he moved to san francisco because hey there would never be any mutant problems there and so on and so forth he lost his wife yep um it's just all kinds of tragic tragic stuff but he remains positive he yes. remains upbeat and the th- i love the the tactic he is honest mm-hmm. and he is super friendly yeah and he is very straightforward with legion and he there's no there's no anger and hate there, and he he says, "I you know I want to get rid of the hate, no more hate." Yeah. Just his his idea is, we need to get rid of mutants because mutants will destroy everything. Yep. So he's doing it not out of a place of hate; he's doing it at a place of protection. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's necessarily yeah. the right thing to do, but it's a great point of view to be taken by someone the X Men would normally be battling. Yeah, and it's and it's another level too. I mean. Alone, if you took this guy who would suffer all these horrible tragedies, he's already, at, on some level, a sympathetic character. Even if you bring him out as a guy who's like, I'm getting a bunch of Sentinels and killing mutants, he'd still be like, all right, well, that's terrible, but I see what he's been through. Yeah. But ch- raising it even another level and having him be the way he is, just an incredibly complex, awesome, I won't even call him villain, just character. Yeah. Great work, Best Guys Burger. And a... Uh, Creative Team Reunion from X-Club. Yep. It's kind of cool. Totally. Davidson on art. And you still get some more great Legion blindfold stuff, uh, which is my favorite relationship-ish I type think thing right, going on right, right now. now. Right now going on. Yeah. 
So a lot of great stuff this week. Uh, I'm glad we ended with X-Men Legacy because that I thought that was an incredibly strong book. Yeah, that may be my book of the week. I loved Superior Spider-Man as well. That was really strong. That was strong. really good. I, but honestly, oh, every, yeah, every time Winter Soldier comes out, I think it gets my, my book of the week. I love Winter Soldier. I'm in the tank for that for that I'm, book. I'm taking X Men Legacy. I think giving it to Sai and perfect, and perfectly valid choice. I liked X Men Legacy a lot. Too. Yeah, Lane, what are you most excited to read? Uh, I want to start Superior Spider Man. All right, good choice. Cool choice. My Spider Man shirt. Look at that. No one can see no that, yeah. Elaine. We're on audio. <laughs> Have you learned nothing over the course I of your internship? you, not right? the people. This is for the people. This broadcast <laughs> is not for us. Broadcast. Podcast. <laughs> Listen, there's also some collections that came out this week. <laughs> Avengers vs. Mightiest Heroes, Adventures, there's a digest of that. The Avengers vs. X-Men Companion hardcover is out. Cable and X-Force, the first trade paperback collection. That's some of the first Marvel Now collections are starting to come out. That's yeah. very cool. Iron Man War Machine, Hands of the Mandarin trade paperback. That's right. The 90s crossover between Iron Man, War Machine, and Force Works that I remember. It was on right when the Marvel Action Hour Iron Man started. Classic stuff from our childhood. Good Lord. Um, Kick-Ass is out in hardcover. Marvel Masterworks Invincible Iron Man, new hardcover there. New Warriors Omnibus hardcover. Did you order Holy one? Holy crap, not yet. You should order one I from should Fenton. Probably, I should get that from Fenton ASAP. Yeah. And another one of our favorites, Wolverine the Best There Is, the complete series in trade paperback. Oh, yeah. So, very cool stuff. Over on the digital side, we have you know everything that we were talking about. Uh, for the second week in a row, we have Guardians of the Galaxy Infinite Comic number four on our mm-hmm. list. And I know it didn't come out last week. Yes. Because not only did I try to download it and right. it wasn't there, but a fan mentioned it to me that, I think it was Ref Gemlin, yep. said that uh, it wasn't there. So, hopefully... It shows up this week. Uh, on top of all that, we've got Amazing Spider-Man number 47 from the original series. Avengers Annual number 7. Captain America number 328. Captain Marvel numbers 25 through 33 from the original 60s series. Mm-hmm. Iron Man number 55 from the original series. Marvel 2-in-1 Annual number 2. Untold Tales of Spider-Man number 9. Warlock issues 9 through 11 and 15 because you demanded it. X Factor. I did demand that. No, I no, read they're the 70s awesome. Warlock. They're terrific. Yeah. And X Factor, Quick and the Dead, number one. We also have digital collections, including Captain America by Ed Brubaker, Volume Three, Deadpool Pulp, Fantastic Four, World's Greatest, Ultimate Comic Spider-Man, Volume Three, Death of Spider-Man Prelude, Uncanny X-Force, Volume Six, Final Execution, Book One, and Wolverine Back in Japan. Over on Marvel Unlimited, our ever-expanding Marvel Unlimited service. I know I don't even know if they're all listed here, but I know that we added 285 new comics this week. Are so you serious? Boatload. Yeah, we were, uh, we were going over it yesterday, trying to figure out the best way to push out to the masses how many we did. But yeah, 285 new books as of yesterday. Monday. So if a subscriber <laughs> has a yearly subscription to Marvel Unlimited for $59.99 mm-hmm. or whatever it is, they just got, in one week, how many books? 285 new issues. What's the math on that? Six goes into 280... Monolith. Oh, man. <laughs> so, like, more than four... You know what? You're getting a, a lot. lot of books. A lot of books. It, and that's just one week. Yeah, that's Think just about one it. week. I don't know the how value many... There I don't is, know how many we're going to add next week. It's bazonkers. All right, well, let's let you know what some of them are. I don't even know if they're all listed here, but we definitely have... 
from the original volume of Amazing Spider-Man, issues number 292, 296, 297, 324, 326, 327, 329, 332, 333, 346, 347, from the original volume of Avengers, 260, 261, 265, 266, 278, 279, 280, issues 29 through 33 of Avengers Academy, Issues 261 through 263 of the original Captain America. Issues 7 through 10 of the most recent Defenders series. Exiles number one. Exiled. Exiled number one from 2012. That was the Journey into Mystery New Mutants crossover. Journey into Mystery issues 637 through 640. Marvel's The Avengers, The Avenger Initiative number one. And Thor, original series, number 444, 448, 449, 457, 458, and 467 through 480. And I know we had more than just that. Yeah. I saw it yesterday when I was updating. So, tons of stuff. Tons on of the, great stuff. On the topic of uh, Marvel Unlimited, mm-hmm. so for those of you who are subscribers and have the apps, you will notice that in the latest uh, in the latest update of the iOS app, you can get the... You can see um, editorial content that we're creating. Most of it, I think, all of it is written by Ben right now. It's it's you know we have an Ultron spotlight in yes. there, um, and then there's some editorial or editors picks. Editors picks. That's uh, Jake Friedfeld and Jim Nacidas are handling right. that one. So I've been doing the monthly spotlight. Yeah, we have a new monthly spotlight starting this week because it's May. We're focusing on Iron Man, uh, a bunch of books that we made free, and uh, a guide to kind of if you're getting ready for Iron Man three, just some cool Iron Man comics you can read for Iron Man three. Cool. Uh, on top of that, we're going to... The Twim Reading Club that we've been talking about... Yes, progress has been made. Yeah, there's there's some good progress. We're going to put that um, into one of those slots that you see at the top of the app, and it'll be available on the website as well, and it'll be, you know, we'll, we'll brand it a little bit. I'm figuring out the exact wording and what I want to write and all that good stuff, but uh, once I get past Iron Man 3 is when I'm going to be able to actually focus some time on it, and uh, we'll get it up there, and we'll do it probably every other week. We'll have a new storyline or selection for you guys and why we think it's cool and um yeah then we'll talk about it on the podcast all right speaking of talking on the podcast it's time for someone else to do some talking no not you elaine you mean stromy i do mean stromy let's kick it to stromy hello there this week in marvelites this is marvel.com associate editor mark strom coming to you from los angeles for the latest on marvel movies tv and games and of course this week we can't talk about any of that without talking about iron man 3 which finally hits theaters tomorrow if you're listening to this when the podcast goes live, or if you're listening to it after Thursday, it is now in theaters and IMAX 3D. And it is incredible. It is a great, great ride. It feels like we've been working on this movie for a very long time. So I'm super excited that you, the fans, finally get to see what we've been talking about for the last year or so. Of course, it has some incredible action sequences by writer and director Shane Black. Five just truly amazing set pieces, to my mind. They're very intricately put together. They sort of have this Rube Goldberg-esque quality, in particular uh, the sequence that you've seen a bunch of in the trailers in which Tony's house is destroyed, and especially in the final battle sequence, which features all of the different Iron Man suits. There's just this, you know... 
one action will set off the next, will set off the next, and then everything will sort of go tumbling down. And that final action sequence has an almost dance-like quality to it, really, when uh, Tony and Rhodey are running around and jumping into suits, and it's just so finely and carefully and precisely choreographed that it's really, once you start to look at that final battle sequence, just the level of craft that is in that, to me, is pretty astounding and really shows Shane Black at his finest. It's, it's well, you'll see it for yourself once you see it this weekend, of course. And, of course, there's a ton of humor in it from Robert Downey Jr., which we've come to expect from his Tony Stark. There's a lot of heart to it. You get to see Pepper doing a ton of action. You get to see more of Rhodey, I think, than we've seen in the previous two films. You get to see him both outside of the Iron Patriot suit as well as inside the Patriot suit. And Ben Kingsley is the Mandarin, is incredible. That's really all I can say without giving away too much more. But you can go see it, of course, now in theaters, or rather if you're listening to this on Thursday, tomorrow in theaters. So, in addition to Iron Man 3 being in theaters, we also have The Art of Iron Man 3 out on bookshelves this week. This is a really, really beautifully put together book. As many of you know, we've been putting out these Art of books for our last, our last quite a few movies. I think almost every single one of our movies has had an Art of book with it, and you get to see some just the gorgeous concept art, the gorgeous keyframes, the designs, all of that that went into making this movie that our just brilliant visual development crew headed up by um, Ryan Minerding and Charlie Wen. They just do some astounding work, and every time I get to go over there and see some of the stuff they're working on, it just blows me away, because these guys are just some of the most talented in the business, and our visual development department really works on every single one of our movies, and it's really the same group of people working on every single one of these movies, so a lot of... The fact that all of these movies actually look and feel like they could exist in the same universe is due to just the astounding work that they do because they are really, along with, of course, you know, the producers, Kevin Feige and his team, the visual development team are one of the unifying factors that carry over from one movie to the next and it's great to see their original work and all the hard work that they put into creating the worlds that you see brought to life on the big screen so you can check that out in bookshelves now or books in bookstores now the art of iron man 3 and jumping into the world of video games parents we are in the middle of the Marvel superhero takeover in Disney's Club Penguin right now. So, your kids can now suit up as some of their favorite Marvel superheroes, including Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Spider-Man, Iron Fist, as well as 
some villains, including the Mandarin and Loki. You can really just sort of have it all, have a blast. If you have kids, you should definitely get them into this. It's just great fun. So, with that, I'll send you back to the fine fellows in New York, and I will be back very shortly. All right, Strami. Wow, thanks, buddy. Thanks so much, man. I can't believe you're still at Coachella. I thought it was over weeks ago. Really milking, milking that one for all it's worth. Just hanging around on the grounds of the concert. Rolling around in yep. dirt and mud and hipster clothing. Yep, doing all his work from there. Who knows how much longer Mark Strom will be at Coachella. I got about eight emails this morning from Stromy from 5 a.m. So he was up until 2 last night, his time, working on Iron Man 3 stuff, Lego Marvel superhero stuff. He was working really hard for you guys and for all the news that we've got coming out. So as much as we like to rib him, um, he's, he's kicking ass. He was off the grid for several hours yesterday. Who knows what he was doing. For you, the fans, just disappears. All right, we got a lot of news this week. First and foremost, on the comic side, it was C2E2 last weekend. Ryan was there. Blake was there. Uh, we announced a lot of cool comic stuff. You can read all about it at marvel.com. Go to the comics news section. Go to the C2E2 hub page. And just a little bit, just to catch up, is that Spider-Man 2099 will finally be coming to the pages of Superior Spider-Man, as promised. We talked to Dan Slott about that. New creative team for the... Thunderbolts. Charles Soule is the new writer, and he had some stuff to say about what he's got planned for that team as they head into Infinity. Over in Avengers Arena, they're going to be wrapping up Season 1. That sounds incredibly ominous, uh, with a storyline called Boss Level. The X-Men are going to celebrate their 50th anniversary with a old-fashioned crossover. I was excited for this. Hell yeah. 12-part crossover between four books, the way it's meant to be. Hell yeah. Um, Written by Brian Bendis, Brian Wood, and Jason Brian Aaron. <laughs> um, it's going to be crossing through a couple one-shots, but also through all new X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, Wolverine the X-Men, and just plain old X-Men. It sounds like a lot of fun, a lot of time travel. Really a, a good old-fashioned X-Men crossover, and I'm stoked for that. And uh, if you haven't seen them on Marvel.com, we have Art Adams' yeah. uh, character sketches. and Wow. Yeah, so Art Adams will be involved with that as well. A lot of cool stuff. Deadpool is getting a new artist, and it's our buddy, Declan Shalvey. Really excited about that. Also going to be a new story arc in Deadpool called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, featuring Wolverine Captain America and some old Weapon X stuff. The next story arc for Thor after the God Butcher story arc wraps up is going to be The Accursed with Malkith, classic villain who is also going to be the big bad in Thor the Dark World. It's going to be coming into Thor God of Thunder, still written by Jason Aaron, and Ron Garney, uh, Jason Aaron's longtime collaborator, is going to be flipping over on the book. Saw some of his art uh, done by the current colorist, whose name escapes me because it's it's Eves, I don't know his last Forcina? Forcina, yes, Eves Forcina. Uh, color over Ron Garney's stuff looks incredible. It's like, it, it's still all the stuff you love about Ron Garney, but like next level. It's like a cool combination of Ron Garvey and Ron Garney and Asad Rabik. It's uh, it's nice. really great stuff. Uh, Wolverine is going to be having a very crucial story arc called Killable by the regular team of Paul Cornell and Alan Davis. Uh, read more in the article to find out what that is. And finally, Peter David, after a historic 
decade plus run on X Factor is going to be bringing his tenure on X Factor to a close, and that's going to bring X Factor to a close as well. He gave a great interview on that, and we will have more news on what's coming up for Peter David in the near future. We also this week, early this week, debuted a variant cover to Infinity Number no. One by Marco Djurjevic, done as a movie poster. It's really cool. It's uh, done up just like you would see, a, you know, a movie poster in a theater or something like that with all the credits and everything. Looks great. Another thing we did last week, we spoke to Daredevil colorist Javier Rodriguez, who is also going to be doing pencils on the book coming up. Always cool. We get to talk to some of the artists, get inside their head, and Javier gave a great interview, so I encourage everyone to go and read that. And Javier's amazing. Yeah. He's really, really talented fellow. All right. Um, let's see. We went and saw Iron Man 3. Sure last did. Night. And, uh, you know, just 7.30 Marvel screening, <laughs> uh, friends and family thing. And, yep, Robert Downey Jr. showed up, introed the movie, talked about some stuff. It was pretty terrific. It was very, very cool. He, uh, when he entered, he came right by my aisle, so he just kind of buzzed by on my parents with me. So that was awesome. Yeah. My parents were super excited. Yeah, I brought my mom. Yeah, because. Uh, I just wanted her to, to be at one of these things, and yeah. and she had a great time. She'd never seen any of the Iron... She'd never seen any of our movies, which I'm like, Mom, <laughs> you have you have stock in the company. I work here. She's like, I know I want to watch them. I'm like, okay, great. See if we can get those. Yeah, yeah. you brushed right by my dad, which was very cool. And then just seeing the movie itself was great. It was fantastic. It was really, really good, which made me very happy and very relieved, because it's hard to talk <laughs> about stuff uh, in a, if it's not good. But this yeah. was great, and I'm very excited. Uh, we also had uh, the Iron Man 3 red carpet last week. If you want to watch the replay, yep. it's still available. You can see the whole thing. There's some, there's tons of great interviews and, and little bits and pieces from it. Uh, you can see CM Punk hanging out in the background, in the background for an hour. <laughs> uh, yeah, we tried to get Punk on the feed. And the producer... He's, just, he is on the feed. But I, I wanted him to talk. I understand. You know? I was, and he was, I was, we were texting. I was, making, I was making a funny... Yeah, you, it didn't work. We were texting during the thing, laughing. and he's like... And I told him to... Uh, to just take out Don Cheadle because mm-hmm. he was right. He was waiting, and Don Cheadle was going. And then, uh, so he's like, "Can I do it?" I was like, "Yeah, just go for it." But you know, he didn't do it. He's, man, he's a, a good of, guy, a man of honor, indeed. Uh, this week we revealed the Iron Man three Mondo posters. Uh, one is by Martin Anson. Uh, there's actually two versions: the regu- the standard, and the variant, and then the Phantom City Creative one, which is like glow in the dark, amazing. I, they look. They're gone. Even if they haven't gone on sale yet, they're gone. It's crazy how amazing they are. I, I really, really want the Phantom City Creative one. Uh, they're amazing posters. Great artists. We love Mondo. Uh, very cool stuff. In Marvel Avengers Alliance, uh, we have an extremist spec op coming this week or next week. What? I can't remember. Yeah. Already? Next spec op is extremist. Uh, I won't reveal the character yet. But she's amazing. It's pretty awesome. All the extremist stuff, Ryan gave me a sneak peek at him. It all looks really cool. Like, if you had fun with the Ultron mission, and we all did, uh, this there's some really great goodies, but also just the way this is going to unfold is really neat. Yeah, and, and it's cool because it, it ties directly. In, in a sense, it, it riffs off of Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. So you get to see one of the villains, Sabin. He's in the, uh, in the spec op. You battle him. Um, you've got a lot of stuff going on. It's it's yep. great, and it also there's the release of the Mark 42 armor yep. for the Iron Man character in the game, and the Iron Patriot armor for yep. War Machine. Yep. So some new armors for those characters, which is is great stuff. And it's 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 it's, it's all obviously still takes place in the Marvel Avengers Alliance, but it's almost 
almost as it's if you the Marvel get, Gaming Universe, Marvel the MGU. G- yes, the MGU. But it's almost as if you get to drop some of your favorite Marvel characters into Iron Man three. Yeah, like Black Knight and Omega Sentinel. Yeah, all the class, all the hits, all the classics. Yeah, totally. Uh, this week we also had the, the teaser trailer for Lego Marvel Superheroes, which comes to all major consoles this fall. Looks great. It's going to be super fun. Um, I mean, it's a teaser trailer, so it's very silly, but it's really good. Uh, and then, yeah, Ben talked about C2E2 and all the, the news we had there. Uh, I went there, Blake went there, we interviewed uh, DDP, and Diamond Dallas Page, and Jake the Snake Roberts, which was yeah. amazing. So I don't, I don't know if I told you this story, but we, I was at the gym on Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and I, was, I did my workout. Arun and, Arun and Blake had done their workout. They finished, and they, they finished their workout by stretching to doing some DDP yoga. Yeah. And I, I always do the same thing, so I finished what I was doing, and then I was stretching and doing my DDP yoga. And you know when you can feel someone watching you? Yes. So I stopped, and I looked to my right, and Jake the Snake Roberts is standing there, mm-hmm. grinning at me, wearing a DDP yoga shirt, grinning at me, mm-hmm. and I go... I do it too. And he's like, that's awesome. And so <laughs> flash forward a couple hours and uh, I mentioned it to DDP and DDP and Jake then just start yelling at each other because Jake told DDP that that happened. Mm-hmm. DDP didn't believe Jake. Oh. It was a, it was a really funny. I think it's all on the podcast. Uh, we were Yeah, so we recorded a podcast with them. We recorded a podcast with Amber Benson, um, with Chad Coleman, who was on The Wire and The Walking Dead. Um, goodness, we we did a lot yeah. of stuff there. It was a very busy convention, great convention. Lots of great photos and news. If you go to marvel.com slash C2E2 2013, you can catch up on everything we published so far. And uh, the podcast, will, we'll just filter them into the Tuesday episodes yes. going forward. And I understand Jake the St. Roberts refused to let Jake Friedveld uh, use the name Jake this weekend. No, I think he, what did he call him? Half pint? Called him half pint. Yeah. Called him short stuff, whatever. Jake is also, he's really tall. Yeah. Yeah, well, I would be offended too if. if <laughs> yeah, taking my name. Friedfeld was trying to. Yeah, you don't, you don't even let our video go, guy Brian call himself Brian. No, That's it's too, too confusing. Close. He's got to get out of here with that. All right, uh, we're going to kick it over to Strami. Give us some more news, Ben. Mark, ben. you're Mark. You're no, ben. ben. He's Mark. You're getting worse than Cirilli. Yeah. He's at least got the excuse of <laughs> aging gently. Yeah. Welcome back once again this week in Marvelites. Marvel.com associate editor Mark Strom with the latest in Marvel movie, TV, and games news, which this week is pretty much the you know latest in Iron Man 3 news. We've got tons of new stuff for the movie, which of course is in theaters tomorrow or Friday, if you are uh, listening to this on Thursday, and is in theaters now if you're listening to it over the weekend. We have a new featurette focusing on the Mandarin, a new clip showing the beginning of one of those incredible action sequences I was talking about earlier in which Tony has to save 13 people from plunging to their deaths out of an airplane. Problem being, he can only actually carry four. So he has to come up with a rather creative way of saving them all. So you can check out that clip right now on Marvel.com, as well as the Marvel YouTube and the featurette as well. We've got some new TV spots that we've been showing off, 
And we have some new interviews with some of the cast. We posted a Don Cheadle interview a couple days ago now, I think. We will have a Guy Pierce interview going up today, and we'll have some more coming tomorrow and into next week. And over in the world of video games, Marvel Heroes is having its Iron Man 3 open beta weekend. And what this means is that anyone can get on, on the beta this weekend. Marvel Heroes is, of course, our upcoming MMO. The official launch is set for June 4th, so just over a month away. But you can get a taste of it early this weekend, beginning tomorrow morning, well, Friday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific, and it goes until Monday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is sign up at marvelheroes.com, and then you need to download their client, and boom, go. Run into the open beta. One of the very cool things about this is that they've changed the opening lineup for this weekend only. It's typically Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, The Thing, uh, Daredevil, and another character that is escaping me at the moment. But this weekend, the opening lineup of characters of which you can choose one is Captain America, Thor, Black Widow, Iron Man, and Hulk. These characters will only be available in the game once it opens up on June 4th, either as random drops or optional purchases. So this is a great opportunity to get a chance to play as one of these heroes and get a feel for what they're like. You get a great preview of what Marvel Heroes is and what you'll be able to do once it goes live on June 4th. So again, this weekend only, from Friday 7 a.m. Pacific to Monday 7 a.m. Pacific, you can participate in the Marvel Heroes Iron Man 3 Open Beta Weekend. Go there, check it out. I guarantee you will not regret it. You will have a great time. And tell them Strami sent you. So, with that... I think I've covered pretty much everything. Go see Iron Man 3 this weekend, of course. Go play Marvel Heroes in the open beta weekend. I think you will really, really enjoy Iron Man 3. And we, of course, have tons of awesome, awesome stuff coming up after it. But for now, this is Marvel.com Associate Editor Mark Strom signing off, sending you back to New York. Thank you once again for listening, and I will speak to you again in seven more days. Thank you, Strami. All right, time for news and questions. Uh, no more news. It's time for questions and comments. <laughs> Maybe we'll get some news in the course of these you, questions. You might. You might. Uh, again, if you're just joining us, you can tweet your questions and comments for us to answer on an upcoming episode using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. Uh, you can also tweet them directly to at AgentM, at BenJMorse, at Strami and at Blake Garris. Right into it, we've got a bunch from One Patriot. He says, Just read Guardians of the Galaxy number two. Still blown away by the colors. Hmm. Love the shadows, love the hair, love Groot in a bowl. Who colors Guardians? Justin Ponsor, I yes. guess. Yes, he does. Doing a great job. Amazing. 
another one says, I'm watching the Marvel Iron Man 3 premiere stream live on my phone. Technology is cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We had yeah. a lot of, we had, I was monitoring the chat. We had over 6,000 people in there. It was pretty wild. Yeah. It was hard to control anything. Yep. So I basically gave up trying. Nice. <laughs> uh, another one from one Patreon says, on this week of Marvel 78, you say Guardians of the Galaxy Infinite Comic number 4 is available online, but I don't see it. I already dealt with it. Yeah. So hopefully it's out this week. It's on our list. Yep. Uh, last one from One Patriot. He says, "I just heard Stromy say Iron Man three is just over a week away on this week in Marvel, and I realized Iron Man three is just over a week away." Wow! So uh, it's in all caps. At this point, it's pretty much either a day away or it's yeah. already in theaters. Yeah, depending on where you live. Yeah. Right. So uh, go watch it. Let's go over to Algin Go Jedi Mesketeer. Thanks Marvel for streaming the Iron Man three premiere. Can't wait to see it. Our pleasure. It was a lot of fun to do. Thumbs up. And then we have an awesome picture of Algin with our own Agent M after the Marvel House of Ideas panel at C2E2. Like the face you're making. Uh, that's, like, that's your standard picture I face. can't really help it. Like yeah. I just go into goofy mode. Just and shocked. Like blah, mouth wide open. Algin looks very, very handsome, very yeah, civilized. Exactly. You you look like you're about to have a, a fish, fish hook put in your mouth or something. Probably. Uh, who's that in the background? Someone's photobombing you by accident. Yeah. Looks like an employee of the show. Maybe. Um, and finally, from Algen, I can't wait for the new Marvel Infinity titles. The world just moved. What a great panel. Commenting again on C2E2. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming from Infinity. Yeah. Over to Anth80. He tweeted, where is Blake Garris? The Holy Trinity needs to come back together. Can he also catch up on his all-ages corner? Blake Garris is every... I, I mean, what's really happened to Blake Garris is, is Marvel AR. Yeah, there's just, I threw a lot more work at him, and uh, he needs to take care of that. He doesn't really have the time to do the hour with us anyway. Yeah. A lot of, you know, he would perk up, like, yep. in, like, five places, and it would yep. be great, but, uh, you know, it, it just didn't make sense for him sure, to be I'm here. I'm sure next big anniversary episode we'll have him. Uh, I'm sure. When we get to episode 100 or something, we'll make sure he's here. Yeah. Um, and if and if Ryan starts globe trotting again this summer, going to well, it's, it's going to happen yeah. soon. So yeah, so so Blake and I will be back on the show. Yeah. All three of us, I don't know, but once you start traveling, then it Blake and I start subbing in. Yeah. So you, you'll get some variations. At Brad the YM tweeted, "AR plus Nick Lowe equals best a e- best idea ever." Thank OMG underscore DJ Judy. Um, yes, we love Nick on the AR. Yes. A plus X got me wondering, have Iceman and Thor ever been on another mission together? You know, Brad, I actually was thinking the same thing, because it's an interesting combination, and I was racking my brain, I'm a huge Iceman fan, and I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure when there was a huge X-Men Avengers team mutants. up, like Paul the Mutants or Blood Ties or something like yeah. that, although I guess Thor wasn't around during Blood Ties. I'm sure they've, they've shared panel time, I'm sure they've, or even like Infinity War or something like that, yeah. but... As far as that focused a story, I'm going to say I don't think so. Definitely not a solo mission that I can recall. No. Because I don't recall Iceman ever guest starring in any Thor book. And Thor certainly wasn't in any of Iceman's intermittent, weird, limited series. So I think that was the first time they've ever teamed up things that And I'd like to see more of it. Yeah. And then last one from Braddy says, uh, I know it's early, but for episode 100, could we get a celebrity to join this week in Marvel? 
maybe Christopher Daniels? It's kind of a mixed message because he says he wants a celebrity. Oh, and then he says he wants Chris or now. Just get out of here, Chris. Fallen angel. Um, we're gonna have Chris on sooner rather than later. Uh, preliminary works are going down. We've had him on before for video stuff, but I, I, he did want to do a podcast soon. But who knows for episode one hundred? We don't even have episode eighty planned yet. Is that a, is that a milestone? No, it's next week. Though. <laughs> oh, so I was just thinking, but it, it'll be interesting. We'll see where episode one hundred falls because we're we're. Lucky when episode fifty fell right on New York Comic Con. That was so that was fortuitous destiny. So we'll have to see what week episode one hundred is happening because who knows? Maybe it'll happen during San Diego. Well, no, if it's one hundred and it's a year, fifty was there, and a year later it would you know fifty weeks in a year. It's about a year later that would be roughly around the time of. uh, Let's say it this way: if we're if we're at we're we're five months away, we're twenty one. Yeah, all right, so twenty one weeks away. Yeah, it's the beginning of of October. So. could be right around Comic Con again. Comic-Con every year. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we'll see. Once we get to episode 100, we'll, we'll come up with something. Centurion Joe, Dreamy Robot. You guys shouldn't hate on my one sentence tweets. They save time. Not for us, Joe, because we have to read all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> because it's fresh in my mind, I have to say that future Franklin Richards is the man to me, my Galactus. I loved that line. That was good. It was we liked so that a cool. Lot. Remember, uh, yeah, during Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four, it was always fun to see you reading the books on the air because he just ran out of things to say beyond just, ah, this is, ah, destroy this book. I'm going to tear it into pieces, light it on fire. Something like that. It's just like me. Uh, more from Centurion Joe, more one sentence tweets. Uh, no, there's, this, two this sentences. Is a three, there's three sentences, sentences there. here. So, I don't yeah. know if. Five I don't know if, for you, I ben. don't know if they're all complete sentences. Doesn't matter. Uh, New Avengers confirms for me that Beast sucks. He's always the one that destroys the Earth. He needs to get flayed. Hashtag wow. so mad. I, I think getting the Earth destroyed was a team effort from the Illuminati. None of them are, <laughs> they all work together them, to fail doing, on that one. of them are doing great. Yeah. Finally got my girlfriend to watch Thor and Captain America. Now she just needs to see both Iron Man films and Hulk before the third Iron Man film. Well, if you are trying to get it done this weekend and have the DVDs, go over to Ryan's mom's house because she needs to see them as well. Trying to conserve. Stop it. <laughs> trying to make it so your mother can catch up. All right. And finally, from Centurion Joe, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man and Scarlet Spider were top-notch. The Spider is the best. Yeah. Yeah. Not much to- to I, yeah. Totally. I, I, I agree, Joe. Yeah. We're all on board with you. At RRR, Chris tweets, Are there many books featuring Big Hero 6? Not really. There's the first original Big Hero 6 miniseries from the 90s or the early 2000s. There is the more recent one by Chris Claremont. And then they were in um, that Ends of the Earth one-shot. And I think that is it. There you go. So if you're looking to catch up on Big Hero 6, it's not too hard. Although it is hard to track down that 90s series. I've never seen that. When Sunfire was on the team in his horrible 90s costume in between awesome costumes chris also says this is why i love marvel they can make a moloid kid transgender and do it perfectly that's in reference to last week's ff yeah last week's fan ff and it was yeah it was great it was fantastic at forgot you talked you're still pretty quiet it's the newer episodes and au episodes i've had trouble hearing yeah don't know what's going on there yeah it's we're not hearing it from um from many other people and uh, so, tweet to at Blake Garris. 
directly, yeah. and maybe he can help you figure out what might be wrong with your your setup because it might be something with yours. Yeah, I you know if it was a more widespread problem, yeah, I'd say let's go that way. But I mean, I've looked at the setup here; it's yep. the volume is is very high. All right, we get another one from DD, and that is anyway. <laughs> I guess past the sound problems. I already love Wasp and Havoc as the new power couple. That is referring to the last issue on Candy Avengers where Wasp was basically not really a power couple in that Wasp was basically coming on to Havoc and yeah. Havoc was like, I'm not really interested. You're like, oh man, I don't know how <laughs> I can handle this. Wasp, I'm leading the Avengers. What's happening? So we'll be doing dramatic readings yeah. <laughs> of all of Havoc's dialogue from now on? We need the guy who played uh, Peter Brady on the original Brady Munch to voice Havoc during his, when his voice was changing. It's a little bit of a dated reference. Yeah, I got nothing. I watched it. I remember when they went to Hawaii. Yes, with the cursed tiki item. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the first and probably last Brady Bunch references we'll be including on this podcast. But stay tuned. There's more to come from Awesome Havoc, obviously. Yes. At Comics Raw tweeted, How to beat Ultron. Go back in time, find Professor X, find Pym, mentally lock Ultron inspiration. That, that, sounded, that was like a haiku. Yeah. I don't... I don't think it's that simple, Eddie. No. Uh, one, you'd have to then you have oh, to get to right. Professor X. Yeah. You'd have to convince him to use his powers in a way that he probably wouldn't want to. He'd be in the same. He'd probably be more like Sue or more like Hank. In, in, in actually, we're talking about 1960s Professor X, who was kind of a jerk, and used true. to do that sort of stuff all the time. Oh. So you might be able to get him to do it, but I think. With, some, with a mind as powerful as Hank Pym's, at some point it's gonna it's gonna bubble yeah. back up. We've seen that happen before when you try to telepathically influence people, and that you know it all sparked from him trying to solve the problem of this artificial intelligence sure. thing. So that that would never go away. You would yeah. have to sort of backtrack and take away all these artificial yeah. intelligence yeah, yeah, things, yeah. And, and at some point he's gonna try to solve another problem. Yeah, Hank Pym's always gonna screw things up. Yeah, that's just the Pym way. It's his superpower. At Almaraz1983, Eric tweets, Finished reading Ultimate Spider-Man 22. yourself. Holy bleep, that was crazy. Didn't see that coming. Damn, that was sad. Yeah, that was a heartbreaker. Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number 22, if you haven't read it yet, is a huge milestone issue for Miles Morales. Um, and very, very sad. Bleeping true. Yes. At Man in Black 23, Gary Langton Guys, need your help to get into X-Men comics. What are some important reads? I really like Kitty and Gambit. All well, right, what so. are your favorite Gambit comics, right? If you want to read some great Kitty stuff, you're going to want to go back to when she first came in, back when uh, Claremont and Byrne initially, and then right on into, I think Cockrum came back for a little while after that. That's the best part is the essentials there. But uh, she first debuted in Dark Phoenix Saga. Days of Future Past, right off the bat, was a huge case up. But really, yeah. that whole era, actually when Paul Smith was drawing the book oh, as well, man. that was great Kitty Pride stuff. And then more recent years, Joss Whedon's Astonishing X-Men, mm-hmm. fantastic Kitty Pride mini That's really good. Um, for Gambit... Well, there's also the cool oh, yeah, Wolverine Kitty Pride. I was going to mention that. Like, I, was, I was thinking about that. Yeah, that, yeah there's a good Wolverine Kitty Pride miniseries. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, for Gambit... Uh, again, you know, look to the old X-Men stuff, but I, re- I actually really like his um, Lee Weeks drawn miniseries from the 90s, which was collected with his early appearances in Gambit Classic, Volume 1. And I think there was actually two volumes of that, so that's an easy one because that came out in the last couple of years, so I would just go with uh, the Gambit Classic volumes. That's a good way to get, get right in on Gambit. Cool. 
Uh, responding to me, Gary says, in reference to Vision in Avengers Alliance, just got him myself by the skin of my teeth. Hope Vision is worth all the gold I spent. Hashtag Avengers Alliance. I got Vision with like three hours left. I was sure I would not get him. I had my parents here this weekend, so I was like, well, I'm not going to play Avengers Alliance at all. But there were... She's, I was What I was literally doing was um, when I got up in the morning to post C2E2 stories, I would play a little. And then right before I went to bed, like when my parents were already asleep, I would stay up an extra hour. It was like I was a kid again with homework. <laughs> and I was trying to squeeze my video games in, but I had managed to get Vision at the very last second. Yeah. Uh, fun thing that I found out from Jim McCann and uh, his partner Michael that you can... If you have an iPad, and you, even if you have an Android mm-hmm. or uh, an iPhone, whatever, you can download this browser called Puffin. Hmm. Puffin works with Flash, so you can play Avengers Alliance on the go. Oh, cool. So if you want to, like, if you want to do your deploys, yeah. which is really the main thing I would want for when I'm not, when I don't have access to my computer, but I have my iPad, it's really great. All right. Now all I need is an iPad. Yeah, you should get one. Well, my wife has one. You can steal it. Yeah, you steal it. So I need this. It's work stuff. Gotta go. At Gunhild Skjold. Holy crap, that's awesome. We we met Gunhild last week. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Gunhild says, (laughs) Just saw Iron Man 3. It was amazing. The post-credit sequence was the best. Yes, and please do not spoil it for anyone else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had it spoiled for me, and I was super pissed. Oh, man. I, it wasn't in the script, Mm -hmm. uh, and I was able to avoid spoilers for for that that final sequence and it was a delight i was three days out from our premiere when uh social media coordinator carrie fialo ruined it for me i'm uh, glad that you and blake were out of the office so you didn't have to you would have also gotten spoiled because you were you were right sitting next to me it's monster terrible uh and then another one says thanks for the compliment of my name i'll yeah. give you a pass on the mispronunciation also i'm a girl what <laughs> that's an even cooler girl's name <laughs> well i can you can you phonetically spell it out so we pronounce yeah, please, it correctly? Sorry. Because this is we will continue to screw it up. Yeah, I mean, I sometimes I mispronounce Ben. So please, yep. any help you can provide with with Gunhild, yeah, uh, or Gunhild. John, I don't know. John Cerulli called me William the other day. Yeah, it was for great. No apparent reason. Um, and then another one about the post credit scene from Gunhild said, "Really pleased that it's out in Norway before the U.S." Yeah, uh, yeah great. Rub it in good, all good our U.S. fans. Good for faces. you, Norway. <laughs> Norway. Guess you need something. Oh man! Now I want to go on. Cool names. Want to yeah. go back to Epcot and, and ride oh, yeah, the. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I started. I started planning my next Disney vacation, and by planning, I mean in my head saying, "I think this is when I'm going to go on my next Disney vacation." Talking to Scotty about doing like a Comic Bros vacation Scott, with our Scotty Young, Scotty Young, Scotty of the Young, yeah, family. like getting everybody to fun. go to Disney World together, just not do any work, just yeah. go and enjoy friendship. Yeah, I want that. That'd be fun. All right, at Johnny Timpulse, Kyle Charles. I know my birthday was on Friday, but could I get a belated birthday shout out on the show? Of course. Happy birthday, Kyle. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. That's a new song I made up. Yep. Just for you. If you use it, you pay me royalties. Yeah. Because I can ask how the birthday songs go. Oh, yeah, you can't use happy birthday. No. Normally. Nope. How old old are you, Kyle? Let us know next week. Yeah. Ugh, this next tweet is a disaster <laughs> waiting to happen. Just want to say that it's still from Kyle Charles, the birthday boy. Just want to say Elaine is the best intern you guys have ever had. Hashtag Elaine is the best. What did you do? I don't even know, to be honest. Is it just because he wanted a I birthday wish? Ask. Maybe. Yeah. 
they maybe, just wanted maybe something. Maybe we're just using maybe. To yeah, that, well, that makes sense. Yeah, that's they a little bit more plausible. They haven't worked with you, so yeah. they obviously... Yeah, all right, Kyle. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. At Gigato Reader, Michael says, are there any magic-related storylines you'd recommend? Any must ma- Magic with a K. Yes. Not like magic, really. The character magic. Right. The original Magic limited series with her and Storm is fantastic. I read that actually pretty recently, and it's really good. That's the origin of how Ilyana became magic. I don't even remember what it's called. I think it's called Ilyana and Storm Magic. It's <laughs> very weird. To rant. I think it's Brent Anderson did the art. Oh, Claremont. Nice wrote it there's um there's the great new x-men story arc by yes. uh craig kyle chris mm-hmm. yost and scotty young mm-hmm. um that fe- was really the return of magic to the x-men universe and a yep. lot of big stuff that happened around that and that was that was great the uh new mutants portions of the inferno storyline mm-hmm. is really important magic stuff um really hard stuff and all the new mutants classic storylines uh, are good and then her more recent stuff with uh, Kieran's Uncanny X-Men yeah, which was, is fantastic was there great. too and, and currently in Bendis's yep at Hawkeye UK tweeted I've noticed that Beta Ray Bill is coming up in Journey into Mystery do I need to read any back issues to understand the story Beta Ray Bill is such a great concept you do not need any back stories he's just a big horse looking alien with the power of Thor I mean all his stories are great the Walt Simons stuff especially but no he you will get him right away and yeah. you will love him there's the uh, you know it's pretty much anytime someone's like, should I read X about this Thor character? It either goes back to Walt Simonson's mm-hmm. run, which is not necessary, but that's where mm-hmm. he was introduced. And so it has great, that is the foundation for Beta Ray Bill. Yep. And also to the Ragnarok yeah. story that was that wrapped up the, uh, the the Thor book from Avengers Disassembled. Yeah. When he comes into the yep. book, it's awesome. It's just like, everybody, get out well, the then, way. Well, then Oming, Michael Avon Oming, yeah. who wrote the Ragnarok story, yep. then did a Beta Ray Bill yep. uh limited series Stormbreaker which was also fantastic yep 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 and he he basically shepherded Beta Ray Bill around for the while because he used him in Omega Flight yeah brought him all over the place gotta love Beta Ray good stuff Ref Gemlin one of our regulars in This Week in Marvel issue 78 podcast 78 episode 78 whatever it's called you mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy Infinite 4 was available on the digital app but I can't see it Ryan do you have an answer for this no (laughs) no Nothing. All right. Sorry. So, yeah, better, hopefully this week. Next time. Uh, it's on our list. But, again, we, we record this on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The books come out Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and last week and this week, just so crazy with Iron Man. We apologize for it. Hopefully it's out this week. My tweet last week about Doctor Strange's spells was a bad example. Do writers keep an appendix of spells? I don't know. It's probably their personal preference they might yeah. if they want to does anyone else use that that stuff aside from bendis well, i mean past doctor strange writers have certainly i mean not they won't use it in the same way he does where it appears on the page but you know when he's casting his spells and like you know probably want to make sure they get the incantations consistent right. with past ones i think a lot of these guys just know it because if you're writing doctor strange you probably just read a bunch of old doctor strange stories so you probably just commit like 40 hosts of and all that, yeah, all that good the stuff. The Faultine Flames of the Faultine, or something like that. <laughs> the Faultine Flames of the Faultine, yeah, yeah, very good. That guy. The Vapors of Valtor. Yep, well, well, that's the one we use in Avengers. <laughs> Avengers lines. It's the only yeah. one I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> last question from Ref Gamlin: Is there an update as to when Earth's Mightiest Show will start? I've only seen the teaser so far. I will throw that over to you. Yeah, um, there will be an update very soon. We, I'm not going public with it yet, but uh, I know when we're going to have a, three episodes coming. And it's going to be awesome. 
and when we can talk about them publicly, we will. It's it's just you know we're we're trying to figure out where these are going to show, what they're going to, what the content is going to be, and and what makes the most sense in terms of getting them rolling for you guys. At Doctor Underscore Spidey tweets this week of Marvel Crew. Since your distinguished competition rebooted their universe, is it confirmed that Marvel currently holds the holds the record? For the longest continuing narrative in all of literature or media. Hashtag props if so. Let's let's puzzle this out. We started in the late 30s or 40s. Um, So it'd have to be something continuous that started before that. Soap operas did not come around until later. Um, Don't think there's any other comics, certainly, that have been around. Well, I think Guiding Light is over, but it started on radio, and so that yeah. started that. Like I know they hit seventy years at some point. That's what I'm saying. I think it would have to be a, a, a soap opera of some sort that started as a yeah. radio soap opera. That's the only thing I can imagine coming close. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at like pulp stories and yeah. some of those characters, uh, the Shadow, and but he did say, you know what? I think it means is the, the thing because I was thinking of that too, and I was also thinking of. You know, stuff like public domain characters like Oz and stuff like that, but it's continuing. And those take breaks sometimes. Yeah. We've been continuously published since the 30s. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's tough to parse out. Us like, or Guiding oh, Light, those jerks. It's pretty, pretty close. Yeah, so. And we did a Guiding Light crossover, so it's, yeah. it's like one big family. <laughs> yeah, so we tie into there, so yes. Yeah. So yes, we win. <laughs> uh, at Simon Sebs tweeted, Enjoying Ultimate Comic Spider-Man. It's just sad that it has to use the women in refrigerators trope to move Miles' story along. I don't, I don't think it, it you know, look, I, it, so there's a, there's a woman who dies in the yeah. storyline, but I don't think it's, a, you know, using a woman's death uh, was the, the point at right. all. It was, you know, what is the most... Um, what, who is Miles' Uncle Ben? Who is the character that affects him? Uh, what is his major loss? Because at this point, he's, you know, he's done all these things and he's gotten his powers and is you know, trying to deal with the power and responsibility stuff, but he doesn't have that same um, emotional thing that Peter had. And I think that is the point. I mean... You know, and, and I think they were. It was a. It was a story swerve more mm-hmm. than anything. You know, you thought, oh, his dad's gonna die because of everything that happened, and it turns out his mom died in a very tragic way. And I think that was a. It was really just an emotionally right. moving death. It had. It wasn't like it was a death for death's sake. It was a very specific thing. Yeah, I mean, you hit it there. It's not a shock value death. It's a look at the relationship between yeah. the characters. It's not just, hey, we have a female character in the book. Let's kill her off. It's uh, who will, like Ryan said, affect him the most. And it also is a chance to, you know, with everything with Miles Morales is like, how is he different than Peter Parker? One of the things with Peter Parker is he grew up with a very strong female role model in Aunt May and with the specter of Uncle Ben's memory hanging over his head. Now, Miles Morales is going to grow up with <clears throat> a father who's got some issues as we know yeah. and the specter of his mother who was a great character um hanging over his head so it's it's storytelling potential yeah definitely um ultimate comic spider-man broke my heart for a number of reasons simon says yep another one from simon he says my twin of the week is journey into mystery hildegund reminds me of Arya stark from game of thrones yeah i i think Arya is a little bit more uh intense but Hildy also came first 
she was in the dun 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 Walt Simonson run on Thor. Yeah, we keep well, mentioning. Oh, wouldn't it? yeah, I guess first Game of Thrones, first Game of Thrones story of Ice and Fire was like the nineties, right? I don't know. I only read them for the first time like two years ago. They're pretty recent. It's not. They don't go back to the eighties. All right. And then last one from Simon, he says, I'll be honest, I was thinking about dropping Fantastic Four, but issue seven changed my mind. Well, good. Awesome. Okay, at Starfish and Coffee. I think that's a new one. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, It was after your tweet about, I just interviewed R.L. Stein at C2E2. He was lovely. Starfish and Coffee responded, love him. Creepy tweets, too. Yeah, R.L. Stein was just a... Oh, yeah, he's another person we interviewed at C2E2. He's the, the writer of the... The goosebumps and Fear Street and all kinds of cool stuff, and he was he was a hoot. He was really sweet. From Asbiv, totally confused about what is going on in Uncanny Avengers this week, same as last week. Backstory backstory feels too big for me to get. Uh, we did talk about this a bit last week. Um, I really, you know, if, if it's too big for you, if it feels too big for you, at the end of the day, it's it's that's your opinion and it's what you can get into. And we can't force you to read anything. But if you try to not focus so much on what am I missing, what am I missing, and just read it as a story, just, you know, these are the heroes, these are the villains, this is what's going on, don't try so hard to look for connections. I think you can enjoy it a lot more. I think a lot of people get tripped up uh, being like, this is a shared universe, what book did I miss, what did I miss here? You, you A lot of times you do it to yourself, so... Yeah. Hopefully you can you can work it out. That said, Rick is putting together a very complex storyline with a lot of moving parts, and so I totally understand where Stephen's coming from. Uh, but yeah, you know, try to to, to step back from it yes. and look at the, the the core elements of you know. There's these two apocalypse twins, mm-hmm. and they have come to cause trouble, and they want to save mutants, but at the the cost of everything else. And then you look at the Uncanny Avengers team, who is trying to 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 be a, a face for unity between mutants and humans, and also save the world, save the universe. That's the core of it all. Yes. You've got other things going on, but that's where it lies. There you go. I think he tweeted at Rick, um, Rick Remender, should I read... Uncanny Avengers number 8 AU to make sense of Uncanny Avengers, which so far I'm finding tough to do. I don't know what Rick responded. Um, but I would say that's probably not the best issue to make sense of everything because that's an Age of Ultron tie-in. But Rick did say it will move the story along. But if you're looking for the one issue that's going to click this all into place and make sense for you if you haven't understood thus far... It may be the issue. I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't read it yet, so yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I haven't read it either. And Rick was at the convention, so if he didn't <clears throat> respond, he's just been super busy. Yeah. Um, all right, last couple. At Lex Pendragon tweets about how old is Ultimate Spider-Man? Miles Morales, that is. But now that I mention it, what about TV's Ultimate Peter? Um, yeah, I think Miles is probably like 13 or yeah, 14. Yeah, I mentioned it at some point. Yeah, he's, it's he's mentioned in, in, the the, in that age range that you just yeah, mentioned. Yeah, and I would assume Peter's probably like 16. Yeah, he's in high school. So yeah, he, seem, he seems like a 16-year-old to me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and last one is from at Rebel Avenger 219 tweets, Why isn't there a scroll representative at the Galactic Empire's meeting in Guardians of the Galaxy? Because we scrubbed the scroll Empire out. Earth did during Secret Invasion. They're uh, they're still in rebuilding mode. Yeah, I mean they are not at anywhere near full strength. So certainly not getting invited to any Galactic Empires being. They're not really a Galactic Empire right now. Yeah, they're a very scattered, very defeated race. Little green jerks. Seriously. All right. All right. Cool. To the end. 
Thank you to Elaine. Any last words you want to say to the to the fans out there? Just have fun. Keep reading. <laughs> very very <laughs> profound. Yeah, very definitely. <laughs> awesome. Uh, thanks, Ben, Blake, Strami, the interns, and most importantly, thanks to you guys for listening. This is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>